0: Coming up next on Studio Berlin. Hertha BSC has had a tough Bundesliga season so far. But now, there's hope on the horizon. You know, My first reaction is, oh great, Grimmsman, Hertha. People talk about Hertha in a positive way. We haven't had that in a long time. German soccer legend Jürgen Klinsmann took over as head coach in late November. Can he save Hertha?
1: Klinsmann puts Hertha on the uh, the German map, really, as far as soccer is concerned. I mean, Hertha hasn't won a title for almost 90 years.
0: But not every soccer fan is convinced Klinsmann is the right choice to lead Hertha to success.
2: I just look at him as a band-aid. I don't see him being a long-term fix.
0: That's up next on KCRW Berlin. Stay tuned.
3: Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. Each week, we're taking a closer look at the events shaping our lives here in Germany's capital. I'm your host, Eric Kirschbaum, and today we'll be talking about one of the really hot issues in Berlin these days, Fußball or soccer. It's been a really interesting Bundesliga season for soccer fans in Berlin. For the first time, there are two Berlin clubs in the Bundesliga, the top division. Hertha BSA and Union Berlin. Hertha BSA is under a bit of pressure after getting off to a poor start and firing in their coach. Now their hopes rest in the hands of German soccer legend Jürgen Klinsmann. He's a former World Cup winner himself and led Germany to third place in the 2006 World Cup. Can Jürgen Klinsmann save Hertha Berlin? That and some other questions we want to discuss in this episode of Studio Berlin. Joining me today is Klaus Wetter, He's a deputy sports editor for the Tagesspiegel newspaper. Hi. Hi, Klaus. And joining us on the phone is Dirk Walsdorf. He's the managing editor of sports at Berlin's public broadcaster, RBB. Hi, Hi Dirk. There. Good to have you. Okay, Klaus, I'd like to start with you. What were you thinking when you heard the news that Jürgen Klinsmann would take over as the new coach of Hertha?
1: Okay, I was surprised, a little surprised, but then it was building up. It had been building up for a few weeks uh, since he is um, very close with a new sponsor of Hertha BSC. And so I, I wasn't that surprised. What I thought is a good idea because it gives Hatta this extra sparkle that Hertha really needed because Hatta ne- never was a very glamorous club and maybe that needs changed a little bit of that. From a sporting point of view, I don't know really and still don't know if this was the right decision. We'll see.
3: It's a bit too early to tell, isn't it? They've lost one game and drawn in their second
1: game. Yeah, the start was good, more or less, I think. But, but, but I mean, Klinsmann, that, that's my point of view. Klinsmann hasn't been that successful as a coach during the last few years, especially not in Germany, if you think of uh, the Bayern Munich time. Okay, he did well with the US team then, in the end he didn't. So uh, he just popped up here in Germany once and was gone again. So I don't know really how to deal with that.
3: What do you think, Dirk? Is Jürgen Klinsmann a good fit for Hertha Berlin? Is he somebody who can help Hertha get out of the out of the mediocre middle zone that they've been in for so long?
0: Well, I think at first, you know, the first goal is going to be to get back into that mediocre middle zone because right now they're verging on being worse than that, which of course is uh, not what anybody wants. I think Klaus actually hammered home the most important point. Jürgen Klinsmann put Hertha on the um, German-wide soccer and and, and just sports awareness map, because I think what's important for our listeners to know is that nobody outside of Berlin cares for Hertha BSC. You know, Berlin might be top of the pops in just about anything else in Germany in terms of culture and music and whatnot, but in terms of sports, especially soccer, um, Hertha uh, has been mediocre, like you said. And uh, Jürgen Klinsmann just puts a little glamour into the club. And, and everybody knows Klinsmann. In terms of sporting success, I'm somewhat skeptical whether he's the guy to lift them up to the higher echelons of, say, the Champions League. But that's not the objective right now. The objective is to just make sure those guys don't really screw up and get relegated back to second division. And I'm, I'm confident and certain that he's going to be able to avoid that You know, my first reaction is, oh, great, Klinsmann, Hertha. People talk about Hertha in a positive way. We haven't had that in a long
3: time. Berlin as the capital of Germany really does need a top club. Every other major capital in Europe, um, London or Paris or Madrid, they've got top teams, but Berlin uh, just never had a top team, right? Isn't that kind of depressing in Olympia Stadium when it's only half empty all the time, Klaus?
1: Um, yeah, naturally it is. I think Dick really uh, uh, hit the point there. I mean, uh, Klinsmann puts Hertha on the, uh, on the German map, really, as far as soccer is concerned. I mean, Hertha hasn't won a title for almost 90 years, so uh, that's the point. They never won the championship, not, 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 the, not the cup. They weren't successful in international competition. So um, I think that's, that's really something Berlin needs, and Berlin has been longing for that for, since, since the wall came down, definitely.
3: And how can that happen? How can Berlin become a, a team that plays for the championship?
1: I mean, okay, one thing is, I think, money and good work and uh, good coaching. And I think we, we don't have to forget that Kleinsman is probably only here for the rest of the season. And then they really have to do something about this. Maybe Niko Kovac or someone, there are some names in the business, some people who could come and help them and build something up. And I think maybe Kleinsman is a man for the background after that, after the season. And it, it takes some work and it's difficult because you have big players there. You have Bayern Munich, you have Borussia Dortmund. We, do, we shouldn't forget um, uh, RB Leipzig, who did a very fine job during the last few years. And you have to build something up like they, like they did. Maybe that's a chance.
3: You both sound a little bit skeptical about Klinsmann's coaching skills. I mean, but he did lead Germany to the, to the semifinals of the World Cup a few years ago. He did a pretty good job with the US, getting them to the round of 16 and through the group of death. Why do you think some people think he's not a good coach and such a good motivator only?
0: Well, um, I think anybody who, you know, has any claim to, to, to knowing something about soccer will have to admit that Jürgen Klinsmann achieved great things in uh, numerous tournaments, coaching tournament teams. You know, first and foremost, the German uh, 2006 World Cup team that, you know, in, in, in the March of that very year was sort of in shambles. There was... Uh, like a general assembly in Parliament. People were questioning how can this team represent Germany properly when hosting a World Cup, and later there was what we call the Sommermärchen, so the, the fairy tale of the summer, and that all had totally to do with Klinsmann and his abilities um, as a motivator and as a guy to bring in smart people in all sorts of areas, uh, and, and in soccer, you know, good coaches around him. I mean, he was the guy who established Yogi Löw, who later took Germany uh, to a world championship. So I think that's beyond dispute. But I think Hertha is still very much looking for an identity. Um, And maybe Kinsman is able to, you know, um, give them an idea what their identity could be. The goal is to be uh, something like a big city club. It's not easy in Berlin to be uh, in the balance between uh, being sort of the people's favorite. You know, there's a strong West Berlin community supporting Hertha, but then being the team for the whole city at the same time and being modern and, and, and being all that Berlin is to the outside world. So it's a very interesting, transformative moment. And Jürgen Klinsmann can be a great transformer. So, uh, you know, that's what makes him so interesting in my mind.
3: I've, I've known Jürgen Klinsmann for about 12 years, and I wrote a book together with him a few years ago called Soccer Without Borders. So I'm obviously a bit pious. That's a bit of a full disclosure. But one of the things I like about Jürgen is that he always seems to make players better. That's one of his goals, is to make every player a little bit better every day. And I have the feeling that he's made Hertha 10% better in these first two games. What do you think, Klaus? Is Hertha playing, are the players playing better, more aggressive?
1: Difficult to say, really. I mean, if we're checking the Dortmund game, I think, they, were, they were, okay, they scored a goal. Obviously, it didn't count, but I don't think they were close to a draw, to, to be honest. And they played against 10 uh, Dortmunders, so I, I don't know, really. And the second game was good but not to, to the very end. So I saw some very good times on it, but not the whole thing was convincing. Yes, maybe maybe he helps them to get better. Maybe, maybe. What well, we have to see, we're talking about two games here and I don't want to uh, interpret it into that. It's always, if you've got a new coach, it's, for, it's always storming, forming. The team has to rebuild. Players are maybe putting more effort into the whole thing. So that's, that's natural. That's, from my point of view, worked so has worked so far. And so we have to see what happens now against uh, Freiburg in the next game.
3: KCRW Berlin was out on the streets talking to some uh, Berlin soccer fans, and, and here's what they had to say about Jürgen Klinsmann and Hertha Berlin.
1: Hertha is a little hopeless. They look like a lost child to me. Klini, he was a good one, a good soccer player. But is he a good coach?
3: Yeah, I think Klinsmann is a really great idea. In 2006, the World Cup, he rocked it.
1: Klinzi is, uh, is a great motivator, but as a coach, trainer. for me, he's not a coach. It's pretty cool that there's more competition now in Berlin. If Hertha can't pull above the competition and Union is better, then there'd be a war on the streets.
3: So Klaus, do you think we're going to see a war on the streets if uh, Hertha Berlin and Union Berlin are playing for the championship someday?
1: I hope not, definitely not. Um... Really, there's a big difference between the two clubs. There's really two worlds. We got this small stadium there, Alte Försterei, capacity twenty-two thousand, And we're talking about the Olympia Stadium, capacity 76,000. So that's a big difference, I think. Union did a good job, is popular in some parts of the city, Is becoming more popular, but I don't think they have as many fans as Hertha's got and as many followers. So it's really, Hertha's really the team for Berlin, and you always used to be the team for Berlin or wants to be the team for Berlin, and I don't think that Union is like a different thing. We, maybe we can compare it to Hamburg, where we have the uh, Hamburger SV and St. Pauli. Maybe Union plays more of the St. Pauli role here.
3: Will the competition in Berlin help uh, Hertha Berlin, do you think, Dirk, with two clubs in the top top league?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it helps, because soccer is even more of an everyday topic now. When we had the first Berlin Derby uh, in Bundesliga, when Hertha had to go to Union, and and by the way, that game was the beginning of the end for Hertha's last coach, because they disappointed on all levels, and they never recovered from losing to Union there, I think, and they played so poorly. But that game was talk of the town for at least, a week, and so anything that keeps soccer in everybody's mind and you know gives everybody stuff to talk about is good for anybody involved in soccer. I think what's interesting is that you have more and more people who aren't hardcore Hertha or Union fans. Of course, you have those too. But you know, for example, in my editorial staff, everybody's privately sort of cheering for either of them. We we just want them to do well. There's stuff to like about both teams.
3: Klaus, you've covered Union for Berlin for a long, long time. This is the first time they've made it to the top division. What's that like over there in Kirpenick and East Berlin? Is this like a whole new uh, lease on life for East Berlin?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely it is for Köpenick because I have a very strong followership, um, fans that have been there for, for years. So yeah, it's, it's a big thing, especially for that area, I would say. And now there used to be that Köpenick club, so close to, to was more or less the area where, where they play in, but I think it's changing now. They're a modern club somehow. I know there's many English people and people from abroad watching the games because they have the special atmosphere there, As an atmosphere you wouldn't find anymore, for instance, in the Premier League, because they changed all the stadiums to seat stadiums and you have the stands there and it's, yeah, it's, it's a strong atmosphere there. Definitely, it,
3: it is a lot of fun to go to Union Berlin games sitting right on the pitch almost. And um, there's only 22,000 people there, but it feels like five times as many. And then sometimes at uh, Olympic Stadium, there can be 50,000 and it feels like a smaller crowd. It's kind of strange, isn't it?
1: Well, that's why Jürgen Klinsmann wants a different <laughs> stadium. He just said that because he says it's eight or ten points more a season if you've got a, small, a more uh, compact stadium. So Right. I happen to like Olympic Stadium when
3: it's filled, though. The atmosphere with 74,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs is really hard to see anyplace else, isn't it, Dirk?
0: Yeah, the Olympic Stadium works when it's, you know, sold out. Uh, We had one game this year that really stuck out. That was a cup game, and it was a great game. Hertha played a club from the east, Dresden. Um, Dresden came in as the underdog, but Dresden brought 30,000 people to a Wednesday night game It went into overtime and penalty shootouts, and it was fantastic, you know, it was great. But on a, you know, just a standard um, Bundesliga game, it just doesn't work, like we all said. Whereas if you go to Union, you're in for a treat. Um, One thing that makes Union so special is that they do truly stick to a bit of a code that's different from most of the rest of the league. For example, at halftime, everywhere else, you know, there's, jingles and commercials and, and audience participation games. None of that crap. At Union, there's just silence. People talk. People go eat a bratwurst. Um, some guy will mention a few names of club members who've passed away. Uh, and, and then it's soccer again. And that's what makes Union so special. And it, it translates and transports itself to what's going on in the stands during a game, which is a unique experience. And right now, in, in that Competition, Union wins for me, even though I grew up with Hertha.
3: Dirk has to leave us now, so we'll take a short break. You're listening to KCRW Berlin, and thanks to Dirk Walsdorf. He's the managing editor of sports at Berlin's public broadcaster, RBB.
0: Great to be on the show. Bye bye from Austria, where I'm doing biathlon
3: now. Thanks a lot, Dirk.
2: Public radio programs attract educated consumers and business decision makers. You can reach this highly desirable audience with your company's marketing message on KCRW Berlin. Isn't it time to make our listeners your customers? Find out how by emailing us at sponsorships at kcrwberlin.org or online at kcrwberlin.com sponsorships.
3: Welcome back to Studio Berlin. I'm your host, Eric Kirschbaum, and with me in the studio today is Klaus Vetter. He's the deputy sports editor of the Tagesspiegel newspaper, and we're talking about the new Hertha coach, Jürgen Klinsmann. We have another guest on the phone. That's Kress Harrington, a sports reporter for Deutsche Welle. Hi, Kress. Hi. Hello. Hi, Klaus. Welcome back. Hi. So, Chris, you're an American, and Jurgen Klinsmann uh, was the coach of the U.S. Mm -hmm. men's national team from 2011 until 2016. Can you tell us about that and tell us about his reputation in the U.S.?
2: Well, you know, I think the the idea was that he would obviously take, you know, the U.S. men's national team to the next level. You know, things just didn't work out that way. You know, um, I just think, obviously, with the last World Cup, you know, and, and even before that, a lot of big losses. I would say the first thing. For one, you know, before he got the job when he was at Germany, he wasn't the tactician. I, I thought Joachim Louv was. Figuring out schemes and other things like this. And-, and and he's this seemed to be problematic for him with the US team. You know, just the formations they would use at times, playing players out of their natural positions, miscommunication. I think you uh <laughs> about left of the United States with-, with this sentiment that we're at least the American football audience felt that he thought like this sense of arrogance that that, that was over him, you know, because he was a very successful player, of course, you know, but in, in terms of getting the players to execute the game plans effectively, because I'm a firm believer that the United States definitely had the pieces to be more competitive on the international pitch. They failed to do so. I don't think the players really played for him towards the end before the dismissal. I think it, it just ended in a disaster. It started off with a lot of, you know, uh, optimism. But, you know, the end result was disastrous, you know, for us. And we're still kind of, like, picking up the pieces in terms of our national team.
3: That's a really interesting take. And I know in the U.S. he was a controversial figure. Um, he did get the U.S. to the death group at the World Cup in Brazil. I was in Brazil as well. And I remember them getting past Portugal and Ghana to advance with Germany to their round of 16 was something that really impressed a lot of people around the world. Don't you think so, Klaus? Wasn't that a pretty major step forward for the U.S.?
1: Okay, I'm ju- I just have to kind of digest what my colleague said, and the word disaster still in my head. Now, um, yeah, I don't know, it was such a big surprise because looking back at the World Cups before, the U.S. were pretty successful uh, at some of the points. So this wasn't the very first time, I must say. So since we had the World Cup in the USA, that was 1994, you could really tell that though there, there was something growing so I don't know if this Klinsmann generation was extraordinarily good now I wouldn't say so now and uh, apart from the tournaments yes I think yeah they, they, they had better games they were more of kind of a strong opponent yeah
3: Chris what do you think about the move of Jurgen Klinsmann coming to Hertha Berlin is, is it good for Hertha Berlin good for the Bundesliga or should he have stayed in California
2: well, No, I mean, he probably should have stayed in California and enjoyed some of that settlement money. I mean, he got like, what, over $3 million when his contract was ended early. Um, I'm not too convinced, just based off the history and what happened with certain players in the U.S., I don't know if similar situations would take place at Hansa Berlin. You know, they obviously needed a, a lifesaver thrown out to save them, and you obviously change, you know, the man up front. That's the first change you always make in professional football. I just look at him as a Band-Aid. I don't see him being a long-term fix. I mean, I think Niko Kovac is going to step in and become the head coach, personally. Um, I think that makes sense. I I don't know what they need to do, like, like in terms of fixing things. But I liken the whole situation with Hanta Berlin and Union Berlin as like a family environment where the little brother starts outperforming the big brother and then becomes the more successful one of the bunch. You know, and, and it looks like that's a dynamic happening right now. I think he's the Band-Aid, and I think they're going to look for a long-term replacement and let him do uh, work in the back office to figure out how to build the program and make competitiveness, you know, more of a serious, you know, discussion when it comes to the Capital Club. That, that's what I think he's there for. I, I don't see him becoming a coach because he hasn't really been successful as a coach anywhere.
3: You don't think you he was successful at, in Germany in 2006? Yeah, I
2: think, but then I think Joachim Löw got some credit, too. I, I mean, it's like, you know, who lasted in that situation? You know, I mean, you could always argue, yeah, he wanted to take a different job and so on, but he didn't win a World Cup. (laughs) He and Love won one, right? he,
3: He took the job that nobody else wanted. It took the DFB five weeks to find a replacement for Rudy Fuller, and nobody, everybody begged off, and he had the courage to do. What do you think, Klaus? Do you think, did Klinsmann do a good job in Germany in 2006?
1: Yeah, definitely, because like you said, nobody really wanted to do the job. There was a new enthusiasm around the team. Nobody expected anything at the beginning of this World Cup. It was a very, very big success, and they leveled uh, Italy in regular time. They only lost in overtime. That was in the semifinals, so that was was a great thing, definitely. I mean, we were all a bit disappointed that he quit after the World Cup. Right.
3: I mean, living here and covering the World Cup in 2006, the thing I remember the most is the the healthy patriotism that he brought to Germany. The Germans were suddenly singing the national anthem. They didn't know the words to it before. They were waving their flags. And I think that's something he got a Bundesverdienstkreuz from Angela Merkel for a few years ago. And I think richly deserved. I think uh, the first time I've ever seen Germans relaxed about patriotism.
2: And I know this was uh, a, a unifier, in a sense, in the country. Um, and it was something that everyone could, uh, you know, uh, build up and support and be proud of. And... I'm not taking anything away from the success, but I still feel that it's very difficult to measure which coach is doing what when it's a tandem. You know, and then I'm looking at it from the American vantage point as well. Let's not forget that. Obviously, they made waves in 2006, and this was a big step in the right direction for Germany. But Joachim Love sealed the deal, and Klinsmann did not. That's my point.
3: Well, Jürgen Klinsmann, he's certainly um, a, a person that people like to talk about and have strong opinions about, both pro and con. We're talking here on KCRW Berlin with Klaus Vetter, the deputy sports editor of the Tagesspiegel newspaper, and Chris Harrington, a sports reporter for Deutsche Welle. We're going to have to wrap up here in a few minutes, but maybe each of you can sort of give us your, your take on where things are going to go with Hertha this year and with Jürgen Klinsmann as the coach. Is it going to be a, a happy marriage? Are things going to go well for Hertha? Are they going to get out of the relegation zone and and be a much more competitive fun team to watch what do you think Klaus Um,
1: yeah I think the first target is really to avoid relegation and I'm I'm pretty damn sure that I will manage to do that, no doubt about that and maybe, maybe I don't know whether we can finish, but n- maybe 9 or 10 and to be very optimistic and then we have to see, like my colleague said from Deutsche Welle, we have to see Niko Kovac would be the best coach maybe for next season, that they get a very good coach and Klinsmann can be a man in the background for somehow. Anyway, he brings that extra sparkle into the whole uh, Berlin soccer thing, so I think we've been a bit too negative here the whole time. So I'm 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 really, I'm pleased that is around really because he put uh, Berlin on the on the soccer map in Germany. Nobody else was really interesting. Hertha, go to Dortmund, go to Schalke, go to Munich. Nobody cares about Hertha. Hertha is not a good opponent. When Hertha is coming, usually the arena is not full. I mean, he really did that, and people are talking about it. So it's good. I'm glad you f-
3: I'm glad you feel that sparkle. Um, it's interesting to have a German tell Americans they're being too negative. That's not something <laughs> you hear every day. What, what do you think, Chris? Are you being too negative
2: about your? Um, Klinsmann? I think I think I think obviously when 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 you deal with the, the Klinsmann era, you know, as an American football fan, it leaves a negative taste in my mouth. I'm not going to deny that. Okay, I can't deny he's a he's a German football legend. Okay, and, and and he does bring a lot of popularity. I mean, even his first game, you know, I saw. I remember the images. Everyone surrounding him, and he's taking you know basically selfies of himself and everyone else around him. He does add some noise. Surrounding the capital club and and even when you look at Union Berlin's success, I think that's very healthy for the most populated city in the country to have a successful sports franchise, you know, and I think it's very good that they have two clubs. I would like to see them both be more competitive. I would really like to see head Berlin with this money, maybe reach beyond the border to pick up some unpolished diamond that they could develop and they can sustain themselves and two clubs can be. Competitive. I think that's very important because the Bundesliga needs to grow internationally, not really domestically. <laughs> and I think that's one way it could do that. You know, I, I think any time you get attention to something, be it, you know, if you feel good or bad about it, you could turn that into a positive. And I do think that with everything he's brought to the club, the attention that you mentioned, that he's brought to Her, to Berlin, that could be spent in a positive way.
3: For the record, he wasn't taking a selfie. He was taking a film of the fans singing the song. He was so moved by that, and he spontaneously took that video. He sent it to me the next day, by the way. It's a panorama view of the stadium where everybody is up on their feet singing the song. And he, he said he always loved that song. Here we go. And that's it for today's show. Thank you, Klaus.
1: Thank you, Eric.
3: Klaus Vetter is a deputy sports editor for the Tagesspiegel newspaper in Berlin. And thanks, Kress Harrington.
2: Thank you, Eric.
3: Kress is a sports reporter for Deutsche Welle. I'm your host, Eric Kirschbaum. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening to Studio Berlin, and have a great weekend.